this season turn it up to 10 sort of like a bad habit we're gonna do it again ready or not we're gonna tie up some ends go tell a 36 try to grab all the friends we're back like we never left on track like a treble clef skip a beat on the seventh rest bring feast we don't pass them over we got the first fruits no way to show us this yoke is easy this burns light even with a loud mouth trying to eat at the mic even if we down south the humidity spike bales torn in two so we gonna be all right it's all grace till the half goes off heretics better run till the top blows off got them all stood still like a jaw full of botox time to break them down like a jaw on a blow pop don't stop they're in need of it though through grace by faith they could easily grow new wave new age new way to see bro now one truth life one way to the throne Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. This is Messiah Matters number 442. I'm being used as a source. My name is Caleb Hegg. Wow, I'm still, I'm stuck thinking about what you just meant by that. I'm Rob Vanoff. Stuck. I'm stuck. You're stuck. My name's Rob. Well, you're going to find out what that means in a little bit. How you been, man? Doing well. I like the, I like the the uh, glasses there oh, you know i should probably they're... wear them a lot more often than i do what's yeah what's going on nice you were about well, to say something we're rolling, I, I... rolling into uh fall feasts here in the next few days yes we are gonna start that annual time of like what am i gonna do for a sukkah this year i had i built the same sukkah with the same wood for like 10 years straight and the and, and it's got, it got gross didn't it it got well, it's gross just not, it's just not happening i mean all the every place where i where the wood split where the board you know so i tried to it's like okay something different we did this we did the same thing we had we had uh you know the same like walls every year right and we put it up and and um man it rotted it ended up rotting Ooh, yeah, it's like it's nasty you don't want that but here's it, it was so heavy it was so freaking heavy. Uh, trying to get that thing together was just a nightmare. Anyway, yeah. How did Israel do that in the wilderness, man? How did they schlep all that heavy sukkah material around with them for forty years? I don't think. Yeah, I don't That's think they 40 were forty sukkot. They weren't using two by fours. Um, anyway, all right. Uh, yeah, the feast of trumpets uh, or Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah, however you want to describe it. Whatever starts. I believe it's Friday night. 
and uh, yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We got people coming over. We're, it's uh, we're excited about it. So um, if you have not, uh, if you've never celebrated said festival, then uh, go to torresource.com and find all sorts of uh, great resources there. In fact, if or, you or uh, watch the video that uh, we're gonna look at today and be convinced that the feasts are not for you, yes, and exactly. You can forget about it and never visit our website again. You know, yes, what, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever you want if to you, do. If you, if you find them uh, convincing at all. Whatever floats your boat. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's go <laughs> let's put this up here. Torresource.com is a great place to find all sorts of resources. And since the fall feasts are upon us, you can go to Tor Resource and find free resources right there. What you're going to do, in fact, let me just pull this up so I can tell you the exact place you're going to go. Go to Torresource.com. And then you're going to hover over resources, which is in the toolbar, and go down to yearly festivals. There's a pop out there, but you can learn about any of the festivals, including Yom Teruah, which is uh, the day of blowing trumpets. Uh, Yom Kippur is right after that, and then right after that is the Festival of Booths. And uh, no matter what you're looking for, you can find out all sorts of great information there. And it's all free right there. Um, so yeah, go ahead and do that. Uh, also, if you have anything that you want to tell us or talk to us about, or if you disagree with us, agree with us, doesn't matter, whatever, chegg at torresource.com is our email address, chegg at torresource.com. I'm also going to give you a phone number. This is our comment line, 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205. You're not going to talk to us. You just talk to an answering machine. Tell us how much you love us, hate us, disagree with us, agree with us. Whatever you want to talk about, you can do it. We'll listen to it. Can't guarantee we're going to use it, but we're going to use one of them that came in today. And so, uh... There you go. That proves that we actually do use it from time to time. Um, actually, we use them more often than not. Um, and then also, perhaps the most important, don't forget to subscribe to this YouTube channel. I know it sounds weird, but it actually does help us out. If you've already subscribed, go ahead and like this video. It, uh, give us a thumbs up. It actually uh, helps us a lot. I know that sounds weird. Okay, so we got a voice message. Speaking of voice messages, that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, oh, by the way, hello to everyone in the chat room. Thank you, Mike, for posting the uh, links in there. I appreciate that. Okay, we have a very small showing in our uh, chat room today, but that's okay. You know what? The 17 people that are currently in there, you're important to us too. Um, all right, so we got a uh, listener who uh, who called in. And I, you know, I was in such a hurry to get this uh, done. I didn't actually edit any of it. In fact, what I did was I just, I'm going to start it right where she starts her question. So I actually don't even remember. I, and I apologize to whoever left this message. I didn't even, I didn't even grab the name and that's my bad. Anyway, we're going to start out. This is our, this is going to be our main topic for the day. And, uh, You'll see why <laughs> in a few minutes. And normally what we do is we have a couple of segments first where we look at minor things first. But uh, no, we're going to jump right into uh, right into this. Yeah, this was a great, great voicemail. So thank you. Again, I don't have your name in front of me on the... On the yeah, she says said, it at the I, beginning and I, and I apologize. And, but we, uh, we don't necessarily want to share it anyway. We don't know. But anyway, thank you very much. Says that she and her husband, uh, uh, you know, get a lot from what we're doing. And so... We are very thankful to, yeah, to be aware absolutely. of this too, making us aware of this video. It's helpful. Helpful. Yeah. So let's listen to what she has to say. I just recently listened to the show Relatable with Allie Beth Stuckey, who is a Christian. Uh, she does a podcast. On her posts, 865 and 866, um, she went on t with uh, the guys from the cultist show. I think their names are Andrew and Jeremiah. And they were addressing the Hebrew Roots Movement. However... <laughs> They um, they seem to get anyone that observes Torah lumped in with anyone from Hebrew roots, and I feel like um, completely dismiss um, anyone who's observing Torah uh, because they feel convicted to, because this is something the Holy Spirit has led them to. I'm working on a response to her. Um, I'm just wondering if you guys could possibly listen to what she had to say and give a response. I'm also going to shoot it back to her that maybe she should contact you guys and have you guys on her show. Oh. Um, so anyway, sorry to make this really long. Not a problem. Okay, let's talk about this for a few seconds. First of all, um, I've I've heard of this podcast before. I've never actually watched the show, so I apologize for not being more well-versed on this. But... Uh, the guys from Coltish, I know, I'm not positive, but I'm fairly confident that Coltish is a uh, came from the guys at Alpha and Omega Ministries. Now we've talked and interacted with those guys before on Torah Observance, 
The reason that this is so interesting to me is because, and this is what I meant earlier, I am 99% sure that I'm the source that they're using. So these guys for cultish, they're, they're talking about the Hebrew roots movement extensively. And in the beginning of the video, they say, yeah, we, uh, on cultish, we had Andrew Schumacher on. Well, Andrew Schumacher listens to this show, our show often. In fact, he's in the chat room often. He's a friend of mine. I consider him a friend of mine. I don't know if he'd consider me a friend of his, but uh, I consider him a friend of mine. Um, I've interviewed him and uh, we've discussed our differences uh, and differences on Torah observance. You can find my interview with Andrew on uh, pronomian.com. That's where I did it or on my personal YouTube channel, which is no one knows about, but it's just my name, Caleb Hegg. Um, and uh, basically, the long and short of it is that Andrew, I believe, watched my my video on the Hebrew Roots Movement. And I will link that in the show notes that will go out probably tomorrow this, for the, the show. Andrew in the video? So the, in, no, Andrew Schumacher. So the, at the beginning two, of the video, there's two, there's, two, there's, two, there's, two, there's two guys, okay? There's two guys that, uh, and we're going to play clips, by the way. Well, you'll see this. There's two guys from Cultish, right? And in the beginning of her interview with them, she got, they say, yeah, we brought Andrew Schumacher onto our show to talk about the Hebrew Roots Movement. Okay, so <clears throat> the guy that, they, that they're getting their information from on the Hebrew Roots Movement, Andrew got a lot of his, I believe, got a lot of his information from me and oh, from my gotcha. video. I'm following now. I, and okay. so if you track it back and now. So they interviewed it, a guy who to represent the Hebrew roots movement that is anti-Hebrew roots movement. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's like saying I'm going to interview Hillary Clinton to learn about Donald Trump or something like that. Or, or you know, what right. I mean? is that kind of what that is? Yeah. Well, OK, but here, okay, here's the thing. So. In my research of the Hebrew Roots Movement, okay, now, for those of you who don't know, I've done a lot of work on the history of the Hebrew Roots Movement, the history of the Messianic Movement, the, the formation of pronomian theology as a whole, okay, and all of these things I see as different, as different, you know, it's not, it's not the same thing. The Hebrew Roots Movement is not the Messianic Movement, and we really see this in the history of it, okay, the history of these two groups forming. Now, granted, they really kind of explode around the same time. The, the Messianic Movement explodes in the 70s. Hebrew Roots Movement explodes towards the end of the 80s, okay, and then there is this infighting between these two groups, and my father really is the one who is nailing to the wall the Hebrew Roots Movement. People like Michael Rood, um, Monty Judah, um, and then later on, I have, you know, I have Rob and I come along and we kind of nail to the wall others like 119 Ministries and Jim Staley and Passion for Truth and, and this kind of thing. So um, there is a, there's kind of a, a you history. have the fleecers, you have like the Nehemiah Gordon and right. others that come along and start selling books to target that kind of ill-defined, um, enthusiastic audience, you know. Okay. Hang on. Wait, we got to stop because, uh, because Mike makes a good point here. I, I, I misspoke and yes, Mike is absolutely right here. He says, I think cultish is from Apologia Studios, Jeff Durbin. Yes. And that is absolutely right. I'm sorry. I said Alpha and Omega Ministries. Alpha and Omega is, uh, is James White. James White, um, has since started pastoring at the same church as, uh, Jeff Durbin. And that's where, why I got it mixed up. So I apologize. My bad. I misspoke. Uh, cultish is actually from Apologia Studios. And if uh, Jeff Durbin um, uh, sees this video, what he will probably do is just uh, clip that part where I make that that faux pas, and then he'll just uh, run with that and say how much of an idiot I am because I haven't uh, because I, I didn't even know what that uh, what where he was connected to. That's okay. That's that that's the kind of tactics that are usually used against sure. the and against if, and if that observers. satisfies his uh, if that's yeah, the exactly. level of his research, then he does the same to the Bible, right? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So anyway, the reason that let's get back to, uh, let's get back to the history of this. The reason, the reason that I think that they're, that, uh, they're using Andrew who then, who originally got his research on the Hebrew roots from me. The reason I think that is, is twofold. Number one, they get their history on the Hebrew roots, right? In fact, as I was watching, I thought, man, these guys are, these guys, these guys really have, have researched. And then I was like, oh, I know why <laughs> I know where they're getting this from me. And the reason I think that is because when I put my video out on the history of the Hebrew roots movement, I had not actually gone far enough back. And it wasn't until about a month and a half ago that I started doing even more research. The people, the Wheelocks, 
who originally used the term Hebrew roots, and they actually, they copyrighted this, this term, right? They, they made this their term, right? The Hebrew roots. Okay, they use this in the 80s, and they're along with Joe Good and, and others. They come out of the Worldwide Church of God, and this is exactly what the guys in the video say, is that the Hebrew Roots Movement come out of the world, Worldwide Church of God. This is true. However, they don't go back far enough because Armstrong comes out of uh, the Church of God Seventh Day. Church of God Seventh Day was Dodd, and Dodd in the 1930s and 40s, he's publishing, and he's basically what happens is he came out of Seventh Day Adventism, and what he says is, okay, we, we should be keeping the Sabbath, but we need to reject Ellen G. White. So, so far, we're, we're on the same page, right? Like, yes, good, okay, accept the Sabbath, get rid of Ellen G. White. But then what he says is, we also need to be celebrating the festivals. And I'm like, hey, right on, this guy's got it. But at the end of the 1930s, when he is publishing, what he does is he goes, way off kilter. He starts, he becomes a sacred namer. And what the guys at Cultish do is they actually go on a side venture with the, with the sacred name, which they say comes from the 1930s, but they don't attribute to Dodd. And that to me says that they have, they have, they were, uh, taking from my, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like they were taking from my research before I got to that point in my research. So that's why I think they're pulling from me. Okay, so I, all of that to say, I have a vested interest in this. And the reason why is because they only took half of my research. They only took the Hebrew roots part. They didn't, they didn't look at the messianic part or the pronomian part. And honestly, that ticks me off. What are you doing? If you're going to, if you're going to use my research, at least, at least use it in full. Don't, don't cherry pick it. Come on. What are you doing? Ah, uh, frustrating. Okay, sorry. Yeah, now that, that I've that uh, gone sense. off on that tangent, should we actually look at some of this? So uh, let's set this up uh, real quick. Do you want to say anything before I jump in? No, let's go. Let's get in there. Get get us rolling, and we'll. Okay, what these I guys? I mean, there's gonna be more than we're gonna be able to cover, but let's just get started. I agree. What these guys have done is they have taken. And they say one of the the main characteristics of the Hebrew Roots Movement is something called One Law or One Torah. By the way, this is another reason I think that they're using our, our work is because the only people who call it One Torah theology is Torah resource. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're, they're as far using. As I know. Our, yeah. They're yeah. using us, right? They're using us as. But but this is where they they're getting it wrong because <clears throat> what they're neglecting to say is that the is that the Messianic movement also uses one law or one Torah theology. Now, not all of them, the UMJC, the MJAA, on the front, their statements of faith say that the Torah is for the Jews and not for the Gentiles. Okay, so this is different. However, if you get into the Messianic congregation, I get messages from people all the time who say, hey, we're going to an MJAA uh, congregation and we disagree with them on the place of Torah for the Gentiles. So yes, leadership might actually be writing these statements of faith, but the people sitting in the pews, there is a significant number of people in the UMJC and the MJAA who hold to one Torah theology or one law theology as everyone else except for Torah resource calls it, right? <laughs> So anyway, what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, if they, if you believe in Torah observance, and this is the same thing that Andrew Schumacher does. It's the same thing that uh, Solberg does. Basically what they want to do is they want to discount. And, and the way that the cultish guys are going to insulate themselves from, from a, a response like this is they're going to say, okay, well, the Hebrew roots movement ha doesn't have any centralized uh, statement of faith. I've, I've said this. And that it's extremely hard to nail down what they believe. I've said this too, okay? And so they say, you know, there are going to be people out there and they're going to say, hey, we're, you're misrepresenting us. That's not, that's not what we believe. And, and, you know, we believe in the Hebrew roots. Well, what is being really missed in this whole conversation is the fact that there are tons of people who see themselves as Christians in the Christian church that, are pro, that hold a pronomian theology. Or there are people who are messianic, who not only have rejected the Hebrew Roots Movement, but have fought for decades against the Hebrew Roots Movement, okay? And so you have these people that hold to, to Torah observance, and what the cultish guys want to do is they say, if you believe, if you want to keep Torah, you're Hebrew Roots, which shows one of two things. A, they're not honest, and they're just trying to, it's a tactic to try to lump yeah, everybody and that's together. that's scary, because if you're... Like I said earlier, if that's the way you treat information, then that's the way you're treating the word of God. You you can't 
It's not like, oh, let's open the scriptures and I'm going to change my level of of precision and patience and care. I'm not going to have very special, attentive care to the word of God and, and interpreting it. And then shift and be a thief and a, a schemer and a, uh, a sleight of hand performer on the other, right? I mean, that would, that, yeah, that's, that's disappointing if, you know, if that's the deal. I, I don't I think that that's, I don't think that's the point. I don't think that that's the, I don't think that that's really what they're doing. In fact, I think that, I think that what they're doing is this. I think that they are taking the minimal amount of research that has that's, been presented. That's, that's what I mean. That's how they read the Bible. <laughs> they do a minimal amount of research and run with an interpretation. Here, here's I have a question. But I, I don't. But, okay, wait, be, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. We got we got to hold on that for just a second because I'm what I'm what I'm trying to say is I don't think that these gentlemen are trying to be malicious. I think that they that they have fully bought into the idea that Torah observance is connected. When if you are Torah observant, you are Hebrew roots, right? And that means they've not and they've not kicked the tires on the car. Absolutely. They bought, they, they bought the used car. They they drive it home. They're like, honey, look at the deal. The guy gave me a deal. And, the, you know, and they didn't they didn't bother an inspection. So here, I have a question. This is I don't know if it's off topic. I noticed it's a pretty good production quality, at least oh, the yeah. intro. Right. And I'm like, yeah. wow, this is really cool. And I'm, you know, several hundred thousand views or something, you know, or half of it. Or, and I was like, wow, you know, quite an audience. And then I noticed it's sponsored. And she's like, yeah, here's our sponsor. Well, guess what? They sell pork. So yeah. my, my presumption, if this is, if, if this show that we're talking about, if they are sponsored by Christians who raise and sell pork to other Christians, shouldn't that be a disclaimer? Like if we're going to make claims that the dietary laws don't apply to the believer in Jesus. And I'm selling what the Torah says is unclean meat. And that's my livelihood at the same time. That that just seems kind of weird to me, but I can understand from their perspective, there's no conflict, right? Of course not. Because the law's done away with. So buy our pork. Buy the, you know, buy pork and keep this show going. Now they sell beef and chicken also, but anyway, it, I just thought that was like, wow, it's, there's a, there's a Christian marketing here that I'm suspicious of, you know, it's, so once it's, again, I'm, I, so once again, I'm not, I don't think that to, to these people, I know you're, to, I'm not saying it's malicious. I'm saying, but it's, it's not, it, it's not fully informed. It's, it, it's sorely lacking in an informed. I, I think that the, I think that there is a bit of, and I know that we haven't even gotten to the video yet, but I think that there is a bit of echo chamber here. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, as you said, you know, they bring Andrew Schumacher, who is a wonderful believer, but he definitely uh, rejects the notion that we should be keeping the Torah. So they bring Andrew Schumacher onto cultish to talk about the Hebrew roots movement. And then they, they make all these arguments from, I don't know what they make all these arguments from talking to people who have no education, or if they have education, they've, they've jumped on some of the, you know, fossilized custom bandwagon or whatever. And so, and that, that's extremely evident from watching the video, right? I mean, if you watch the video that what they're bringing up is, is the extreme is what we would consider Hebrew roots. They're talking about, you know, uh, you can't say the name Jesus. Uh, they're talking about, you know, uh, all things pagan. Let, let me tell you something. And this is where they, this is where the cultish guys have really gone off the rails. You got people in, you know, in the, uh, in the Torah observant camp, choose your flavor, messianic or pronomian, whatever. There's a lot of them who are going to say, Hey, I, I celebrate Easter and I do. I celebrate Easter because I don't think it's attached to paganism. I celebrate Easter with my uh, in-laws because I believe that they are celebrating Pascha. That's what I, that's what I believe. I have no problem with that. Now I'm not doing Easter bunny hunts or whatever, but I, I don't really, that's neither here nor there. So uh, once again, you know, I don't have a problem going to an Easter Sunday uh, service. That's, and so they, they have this idea of, oh, all these Hebrew rooters, they're against the name Jesus. They say Yeshua instead, or, you know, which, 
yeah, the Hebrew rooters are like that, aren't they? A lot of the time, or you know, they think all the all the uh, festivals that aren't in the Bible are pagan. Well, there are a lot of Hebrew readers like that. But if you're going to talk about the Messianic movement or those who are pronomian, now all of a sudden you get into into a different realm. And if these guys really want to, what do you think about when they shift? Oh, the, they keep calling them the Jewish feasts. <laughs> yeah, they don't uh, like more like a few different times the Jewish feasts. Yeah, they don't call them the feasts of the Lord. Well, they, yeah, once they, once me, again. That's a yeah. little sleight of hand there that is not that to me, someone, I don't even think TV. they realize they're doing it. I don't even think that they, they, this is how, but once again, this comes back to your point. They, they haven't kicked the tires. They don't, they don't really know what they're, you know, and what I think what they would probably respond is, okay, well, this guy is what Hebrew roots. And he's just saying that we got it wrong. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. Cause I don't consider myself Hebrew roots. I, I consider myself a pronomian Christian. So, you know, if you want to sit down and talk about the Baptist Confession of 1689 and, and the and the 12 places where I think they got it wrong, let's do that. But I'm not going to say, you know, this is one of the reasons when I did my the show alone and I talked about Solberg and his video, which is the same kind of thing. I told people I, I'm like one of the reasons that we haven't interacted with Solberg is because honestly, it's offensive. He continues to, to just equate Torah observance with the Hebrew roots. If you're talking to the Hebrew roots, go talk to the Hebrew roots. That's not me. But if you want to talk about Torah observance, okay, fine. Let's talk about Torah observance because guess what? The thing that the people, the thing that people, that the guys like this, and the thing that the people like Solberg don't want to admit is that Torah observance is a much, much bigger issue than the Hebrew roots movement. Torah observance comes down to Christians right. in and the pews at this a, point. It's almost like trying to sweep the conversation under the rug. Exactly. Because the fact I, is, they're going to say when you came to faith in Jesus. You changed your lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, they would agree with that. Your lifestyle changed. Sure. Okay, from what to what? Oh, from darkness to light. Oh, okay. Can you give me more detail? Oh, well, it means I, you know, I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to steal. I'm not. Oh, okay. Okay, tell me more. So, but it's so the idea is just where do you draw the line? There, I, I guarantee we would find a foundation and say these guys are pronomian. In right. Many in many different donate domains, but there's going to be a point where they're going to like, oh, I can't cross that line. The one of the guys mentions, um, oh well, all you need to do is read he Hebrews chapter four, and you just see that Jesus is our Sabbath. I'm paraphrasing. Jesus is our Sabbath now, and so he uses that as like evidence in his mind that the Sabbath is not part of God's commandments anymore. Right. And um, and so he would probably draw the line there. Oh, Sabbath. OK, so I, I, I'm i with you on thievery, you know, worshiping other gods, honoring parents, adultery. I'm with you on those covetousness. I, I'm all aboard Sabbath. Uh, ooh, all of a sudden he turns. Oh, it's like oh, kryptonite. Yeah. It's like. Uh. So. I'm with you. So, yeah. yeah. So, so this actually plays in well to, um, and I believe her name is Stucky. I, she, she, um, she says something and, and it really caught my attention. I thought, Hmm, this is interesting. I wonder, I've never, uh, okay, let's just, let's just go to this. I want to play this uh, portion of this clip, by the way. Um, we've referenced the show. There will be a link to this entire show in the show notes and in this uh, description of this YouTube video. And uh, the reason why is because I want to make sure that everybody gets credit where credit is due. Um, and, you know, honestly, once again, the guys at Cultish have done some interesting work and some good work on some on certain things. I've watched some some Cultish shows and thought, oh, this is a, this is pretty enlightening on, on this specific uh, issue. Uh, but I've never seen anyone this is not uh, specific to the cultish guys. I've never seen anyone who comes against the Hebrew roots movement, Hebrew roots movement, then represents them as anyone who keeps Torah is in the Hebrew roots movement and then does justice to the actual biblical texts that need to be done. No one ever does that. And, uh, and not even Solberg. And the thing is, is that the people who are are uh, debating against Torah observance, whether they're talking about Hebrew roots or whether they're talking about messianic pronomian or whatever, they're not dealing with people who have any kind of an educational background in the Bible. What they're dealing with are people who are internet warriors. And I'm not saying that you have to have, please don't hear me say that you have to have some kind of a degree hanging on your wall to be able to talk about the Bible. That's not what I'm saying. But when you get the, uh, you know, when you get 
Joe Schmo down the road who just came to Torah and he's in the Torah terrorist phase and he's writing all of his Instagram messages to, to the, these people and he's shooting from the hip. Guess what? I'm sorry, but the, but the level of, of biblical knowledge is usually goes as far as a couple of the articles that he read online. Now, that's not the case for a lot of people who have been in, the, in, you know, in Torah observance, whether it be the Messianic movement, the Hebrew Roots movement, whether it be uh, pronomy Christianity, whatever, for a really long time. Usually there is a, a more level-headed um, understanding of the Word of God and how Paul is using certain terms. So I'm not saying that you have to have a, a degree, but it's pretty clear that these gentlemen have not sat down with anyone who has uh, you know, a, a biblical background to talk about specific passages. And the reason why is because they reference passages that are, and let's give an example. Actually, the gentlemen here in Cultish don't reference this. Stucky does. So let's, let's listen to this. Uh, let me kick over here to uh, this. Is they refuse to say Jesus because they say that's Roman. So they will say Yeshua. Yeah. And then they will say, yes, we do need to abide by the Old Testament laws. Because if we follow Jesus, Jesus abided by the Old Testament laws. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Let's stop right there. That's not actually. No, this is this is a argument that is not being made. Hang on. Let me get get us back here. The argument is not if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. The argument is God gave his law to his people. Christians alike, just like anyone else, keep the law of God. The question that's really at hand is, did God do away with some of his law? Is the Sabbath no longer applicable today? It's not whether or not the law is, because I'm going to guarantee that all three people on the screen are going to tell me that committing adultery is not only wrong... Right, right but should be a well, that's good enough for Jesus. <laughs> right. The, the, exactly. The, I understand why the, the lady who, you know, what a sweetheart to send that in. Thank you. And I, that's so, I, because she put it very, I, I think like very, uh, I don't even yeah, know. Wait, the word, wait, 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 straightforward. She said, I feel dismissed. Like that's the word that the, the person who left the voicemail was, she says, I'm feeling completely dismissed by these this conversation that we're listening to here. And I understand, like, these. this is one of those little, it's like a little jab. If it's good enough for them, it, sadly, it is a, uh, it's such a, a deflection. See, the, the, so, uh, this, is this is exactly what I'm talking about. And I, I'll try to keep a cool head here. Andrew Schumacher's in our chat room. Thank you, Andrew, for being in our chat room. He says, Caleb, I hope you catch my next live stream. Planning my next part in my series on Hebrews. Oh, Hebrews. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. See, I saw red there, Andrew. I apologize. I thought he said the Hebrews movement. I'm sorry. With extensive in-context response to Tim Hague's commentary. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'll look forward to that. I apologize. Does he do, does he do Greek? Because Hebrews is pretty intense with Greek. Does the guy you're talking about? I don't know if Andrew has. Uh, well, we can just ask him. Andrew, are okay. you uh, are you are you coming from a Greek perspective? Are you uh, are you using the Reading original the text there? Is he exegeting from Greek, or is he just looking at commentaries? That's that's just a question. Well, I sent anyway. so so in Andrew's defense, I sent Andrew my dad's commentary on Hebrews, and I and I said here's a here's a perspective on you know a Torah observant perspective on the book of Hebrews. And the notion that that uh, that the that the writer is speaking about the covenant, as all of your uh, translators are going to supply for you, I I don't think I don't think there's a good argument for that. I think that it's pretty clear from the context that he's talking about the priesthood. Uh, so anyway, I mean, in Andrew's defense, he's 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 taken a um, he, and he says yes, I'll be looking at the Greek. Uh, he's taking a you know he's taking a commentary that I would Good, say let me is, know is, if you I, I'd be happy to interact with Andrew about any of the Greek uh, okay. of Hebrews. I'd like to hear you know what. There you go. All right, so let's uh, let's go back. Let's go back to this. So ultimately, where were we? Um, she said she felt dismissed by statements like, and I'm presu for me it's it's a dismissive statement when someone says, oh, it, when they portray it. Oh, it's good enough for Jesus. It's good enough for me. The commandment to not to commit adultery is good enough for Jesus. The commandment to, you know, to not <laughs> yeah. covet, good enough for Jesus, good enough for me. If I use that as my my lens, that's just, that's it's cheap and it's untrue. 
you know, it's just, it's not true. It's not of a, of a clean spirit, you know? Yeah. I, I think that this shows a complete misunderstanding though. Now, don't get me wrong. Are there Hebrew roots people who are going to say, Hey, the reason we keep the Torah is because Jesus kept it. And if Jesus, and if Jesus kept it, it's good enough for, for me. Okay, fair enough. Maybe somebody has said that to you. I, you might have interacted with somebody, and maybe Stucky has has people in her Instagram feed that uh, that have said that to her. I don't keep the Torah because it was good enough for Jesus, so it's good enough to me, for me. Granted, I have said that term before when I say things like, "Hey, Jesus was in the uh, was in the temple celebrating Hanukkah," and you know what? If Jesus is celebrating Hanukkah, great. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Okay. This comes as a response to the Hebrew readers who say, well, Hanukkah is pagan. Right. So the context is different than. Right. Than, now, yeah. the reason that we keep the law, by the way, for those who may not know, Hanukkah is not part of the law of God. That is non-canonical literature, first, second Maccabees. Okay. It's, it's tradition. But. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Not the point. The point here is that the reason that we keep the law is because of the law of God. And every Christian, whether it's the people in cultish, whether it's Stucky, whether it's Schumacher, I think Schumacher, and I know Schumacher will agree with this because Schumacher and I have had this conversation before. And the, the great part about Andrew is that he's honest about this. We keep the law of God. As Christians, we keep the law of God. Now, Granted, I think that the argument that might come from the guys at Cultish is, okay, but there are certain parts of the law that are no longer applicable for Christians today. Right. But so, we don't so keep... overall, you would say genu true Christianity is a pronomian mm. faith. Absolutely. And I think that even Luther, Luther who comes up with the, with the term antinomian, right? So the antinomian detractors of Luther, because Luther is, tell, is saying, hey— we, should, we need to keep all these things, and his detractors are saying, no, we're free in Christ, we can do whatever we want. In fact, we should sin so that we can show the grace of God, and this is exactly what Paul speaks against, right? So Luther's the one who comes up with the term, term antinomian. Okay, so the point here is that Luther, granted Luther is against many of the, uh, you know, many of the things that we would say Christians should be keeping, like the Sabbath and other things. Actually, that might not be true. Is is Luther a Sabbatarian? I think Luther was a Sabbatarian. He was just a Sabbatarian on Sunday. Not the point. I'm getting off track here. Okay. The point is, is that Luther is pronomian to an extent. And I, and I know that someone like Andrew Schumacher, once again, in our chat room, I would call Andrew Schumacher uh, pronomian. He's pronomian to a, to, a, to a point. Now, he's going to say that there are certain parts of the Torah that have been either fulfilled and we no longer have to do anymore or whatever it may be. But the point is, is that if you look at the guys at Cultish, if you look at Stucky, if you look at Schumacher, you know, all these people are going to be pronomian at some, po at some, you know, up to a point. They're pronomian up to a point. So, okay, let's keep going here with, I got to kick this over again to this other view and let's come in here, let's go. And um, also the same thing with not celebrating Christmas, not celebrating Easter because these are pagan holidays. They might even say the name of Jesus itself is pagan. And hey, let's stop right there. Once again, we just need to, to highlight the fact that if you're only talking about the Hebrew roots, yes, I would agree with you. But you have people in not only the not only just pronoming Christianity, but in the Messianic realm as well that are going to say, "Hey, we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Easter." I don't have a problem with that. You have you have this, uh, you know, with Michael Jones. I know Mike, and uh, we talk from time to time, and he's done some great work on the history of various things. They actually reference Michael Jones. So, you know, I, I see Mike yearly and uh, we were on great terms with each other, but Mike has kind of made this movement of people who say, well, you know, let's really do the research of Christmas. Let's really do the research of Easter and see if it's pagan or not. And honestly, I think that Mike's done some really good work in that. I think he's, he's helped shift my view from everything's pagan to, you know, he's pulled that pendulum back for me of, you know, let's not celebrate anything that's pagan and to, oh, well, maybe there are parts of Christmas that I thought were pagan that aren't pagan. So, I mean, and there's, I, there, I think that he has made almost a movement within Christianity um, of people who say, no, this isn't pagan. And that's actually influenced those who are pronomian. And I think that that can be good. That's fine. So once again, this only relates if you're talking about the Hebrew roots movement. Let's go back. 
that Christianity has been paganized. Um, and so we need to go back to the roots. Actually, some would argue to be more like Jesus. Okay, once again. Okay, wait I a think, minute, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, please. Just look at the Vatican, dude. I mean, <laughs> That's look where at, I was going to go. Exactly. Roman Catholic, is she going to say that Christianity was not paganized? Like that... See, she's denying. She's denying Reformation history. She's denied like in one one swath. The guys do that from cultish. She's that undermining too, the claims of the Reformation. Yeah, it's so do the guys from cultish. At one point, I, they say. But if they're part of apologia, isn't that like a real strong Reformation? Oh yeah, kind of? yeah, the Presbyterian. So so yeah, there's there's. The water's a little muddy here. There's some. There's there's some strange. I I agree. Stuff I think that, I think that they, I think that they I think that they are. You know, I think that they're muddying the waters because they're trying to make a point against Torah observance. But at the same time, they've pulled in in a couple of instances. They pull so far back that they muddy the waters of the Reformation. And I and and actually, Stucky, she she catches it at one point. Because okay. she said she's she says, in fact, some people say that this is a continuation or a new reformation. It's like, oh, okay, like I see, yeah, you're right. That's that's what people have said. I've said that, right? So uh, but I think that she she almost catches it. Okay, let's go back because the part that I really want to get to is is right around the corner. Here we go. And we're emulating his life by following the law to the letter. Now, if I bring up, and I have before, and this was even before I knew that this was kind of a collective thing. When you bring up Galatians yeah. about not being tethered to the law anymore. And if you try to uphold one part of the law, then you've got to uphold the whole part of the law. But Okay, and here we go. This is my, this is my favorite part. So the question that I'd have for her, or anyone who's going to go down this line of reasoning... So according to this line of thought, if you uphold one part of the law, you have to uphold the whole thing. So does that include not committing adultery, not murdering, loving your neighbor as yourself, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? What about not lying? What about not, uh, you know, slandering someone? What about, I mean, the list could go on and on and on. The point here is that clearly the point is, Romans... is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Exactly. That's so the, the point. point, the point is, is against the Pharisees or Sadducees, whatever sectarian group there was that says, look, do our list, do our works, and you will be reckoned as righteous among us. And you will be part of the pure community and, and you, you will be able to insulate then yourselves from the impurity and the contagion out there with the people who are not us. Exactly. And that's, and they, that's they, the they, point. They, they, but she's, but again, but once, but that's the point is that, is that you have people who say, aha, see right here. Uh, th that means the law is done away with, because if you try to uphold it, even one part of the law, the whole thing's done away with. Well, clearly Christianity believes that parts of the law should be upheld. Right. Clearly. So, so there has to be another interpretation for that, but that's not what's going to, that's, you're going to stop right there. Right. And, and to me, this is dishonest. It's a little dishonest and not, I don't think she's thought through this. I'm not putting her down in any way, shape or form. I actually think that this is a, a standard, uh, you know, this is a standard talking point of anyone in what I would consider to be a mainstream Christian view that the law has been done away with is we're going to go to these, these talking point, you know, and that this is where, People, even in the Hebrew Roots movement, or anyone who's pronomian is going to look at it. And you even have non-believers, you know, Nanos and others who look at Paul and say, he couldn't be saying that. There's no way that he's saying that, right? Well, why do they say that? Because they're being, at least they're trying to be honest with the overall. And I, I just don't think, I'm, once again, I'm not putting anyone here down. I think that, that there just hasn't been like a, hmm, I, I wonder if I really think about this, if Paul could be saying that, could Paul really be saying that right. in this? Well, it, it's probably, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the cultish shtick, you know, or what their, what their move is. I, shtick could be dismissive. I don't want to be dismissive. The idea of if, if their job is week by week examining things that are as like cults or whatever, maybe they just, they only can go to the waiting pool on each of I these fronts and then, and then say, Hey, look, this is what we're found. This is what we found. This is what we found. And 
You know? hey, I, hey, look, I, I understand that. And, and I'll, I'll give grace on that. And the reason why is because we do this show once a week and there's been plenty of times where I've, I've looked at something and I've, I've only been able to do a cursory glance at it. However, my point is this, you got guys now who have researched. Okay. And now they're coming on someone else's show to represent it. Now, I actually think that the representation of the Hebrew roots movement is actually quite good. I, I do. What I don't think is because good. Because you are. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm the source. Serving, Caleb. Because you're, I'm the source. <laughs> because I'm the source of it. But the, but the thing is, is that I think that I, I think what they've done is they've taken the Hebrew roots movement and then they've taken all these other things and they want to, they just want like Play-Doh putting on my kids. They take the three different colors. Well, I'll only give them three colors of Play-Doh at one time. And what do they do? Inevitably. They put it all together. Make one, one new big, color. It turns one brown, new color. like a reddish yeah, brown. Exactly. And the thing is, is that they might not realize that they're doing this, but ultimately the, the, the messianic movement was around long before the Hebrew roots movement was. Okay. And even long before Dodd came along. So, and if you trace the messianic movement back out of America into Europe, it goes way back. Right. And so the, the point here is simply this, and pronomian theology has been around since Christ. People have, have in some way agreed exactly. with some form of pronomian theology all the way since Christ. And so, so if you look, if you look at the, the church history as humans responding to regenerate, responding in regeneration in the midst of people who are not regenerated, but yet claiming to be part of the church, right? So you always have this, like Paul in Romans 11, right? You always have branches that that are off, that could be put back on, branches that are on that could be taken off, right? Because it's this moving thing. And the, and the pictures, because we don't judge, because we don't know the heart, right? God right. is the final judge of what that tree is going to look like when when all is said and done. And Paul of Tarsus or Saul of Tarsus is an example of there was a point where they would say, oh, look at that guy. Right. He's clearly cut off. But they would have been foolish to make that judgment because they didn't know that God had a plan to bring that branch and put it back on, etc. So um, if you look at all church history, then as this kind of refining and attuning of God's people to God's will, by the work of the Holy regenerative work of the Holy Spirit inside the elect. At what point is the elect finish finished? At what like these people that are what I was like, oh, if we arrived, has the church arrived? I mean, are they coming from a position? The three of them, look, we know, we know what the church is, we know pure doctrine, we know the word of God, and we can call um we we're, you know, have these criticisms or warnings concerning these people. Or do they recognize that there is, in fact, this, hmm, I guess it's true. We are, they wouldn't use the word pronomian probably yet. Maybe now they'll listen and they'll add that to, you know. Oh, they, they're, they're not going to watch our show. They don't care. They're going to say, are we pronomian <laughs> or not? Care. And they're <laughs> going to say, well, we, maybe we are pronomian, but only to the level Look, six or seven. Here's the thing. And you know, this is this is one of the reasons that I that I truly do appreciate my brother Andrew Schumacher is because at least Andrew has has sat down with me. He's talked to me. Okay, this is one of the things that people in the Torah movement and we'll make that a very broad term, whatever the Torah movement is, from all different. You know, this is why I like uh, the term pronomian as a theology. So anyone who holds to uh, a, a end of the spectrum of pronomianism that that says we should be keeping the Sabbath and the festivals and whatnot. We're constantly, constantly in these discussions. It's not just with people online. It's not just with people who are contacting us. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about anybody who holds to, uh, you know, Torah observance, whether you're Messianic, Hebrew roots, pronomian Christian, whatever you may be. Anyone who holds to this stuff is defending this and having these conversations weekly whether it's family members, whether it's people at church, whether it's people in your you know, that have walked into a messianic synagogue, it doesn't matter. We are constantly having to defend these views. And the reason why is because that's just the nature of it. I have these conversations with with extended family members. I mean, I, I've never made this public, but there is I have family members who have been writing papers in response to me for years. And I'll respond to them. 
I'll write little, and a lot of the time what I do is I'll take my art and my, my responses to them, which is usually in an email format and I'll turn it into an article or I'll write an article and just share it with them. So, so the point is, is that we're constantly having to uphold this. I don't see, you know, Schumacher is, is different. I, I'll agree with that. But the guys at Cultish, I, I personally, and maybe I'm wrong, I haven't seen them sit down with anyone who holds to Torah observance, whether it's Hebrew roots, whether it's messianic, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong in this, but oh, I haven't well, seen I'd, it. I'd be happy to talk to those guys. Here, here's a question, though. One thing for sure. There's, Boom, there, there it is. There, <laughs> there should be places in their life where they are having to talk about the word of God with someone who disagrees with them, whether an atheist or someone who has a, a different conviction. Well, the guy, the, oh, let's let's that, give credit where the credit right? is due. Apolo, Apologia Studios, Apologia um, it, you know, certainly Durbin is, is on the streets having conversations constantly. You know, we've, we've interacted with Durbin before. We certainly disagree with him. Um, there's no doubt about that. I don't think that he's been very fair at all in his, in his interactions with us. Not the point. The fact is, is that he does have inter interactions with people on the street. He posts those often. I do want to give credit where credit is due. I'm not saying that these guys are less of believers or that they're not doing their, you know, all I'm saying is, is that when it comes to this, it doesn't, it seems, they seem like they've done some homework. Their sources seem pretty darn good, but they're not taking all of their sources, right? They're not taking all of it as a whole. What they're doing is they're just going to cherry pick and then put everybody into a pot. Anyone who observes the Torah, your Hebrew roots, that's what it is. Okay. I have another place I want to go with this. Um, there, okay. I, I, uh, I pulled two, um, timestamps. I don't even remember what this timestamp is, but I have a feeling that as soon as we watch it, it's going to jog my memory and we'll talk about it. Here we go. Back to this video. I'm going to tell you this is at uh, minute mark 2436 in the interview. In terms of even thinking biblically about feasts or keeping the Sabbath, like we got to understand it's important to us as Christians to want to obey God in his commands. And that's where we can fall into some certain traps, right? Because someone can come along and say, well, you worship on Sunday. That's not on Sabbath. If you really want to be worshiping God correctly, you must worship on Saturday. And you're going to go, wow, you know, I, I love God. I want to worship God in spirit and in truth. You know, I really want to worship him the right way. So you, that you start falling into some of these teachings by by certain, mm -hmm. you know, aspects within our being that want to worship God the correct way. Yeah. Uh, but when we do that, uh, we start, you know, throwing out some historical precedents we have through the through the Bible. I mean, Hebrews chapter four, you can go in and read it on how Jesus is our Sabbath rest, right? And there's other scriptures that say that there was worship on the Lord's day, the resurrection on the set on a Sunday that was occurring. I mean, Let, let's just stop real quick right there. And the okay. reason why is, be, yeah, the reason why is because uh, this comes back to what I can consider to be propaganda thinking. The propaganda yeah. thinking is just that the church has said over and over and over again, oh, we see people worshiping on Sunday in the He, he might as well scriptures. be Roman Catholic right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He, he might as well be Roman Catholic. Right. He's, yeah. he's not differentiating. Because like Luther said, look, there is no more Sabbath. Right. Sabbath is not Sunday. Luther did not. The only reason Luther said Christians should meet on Sundays was because culturally it had already been ingrained. And it was in it. You might as well use it as a as a, uh, you know, use it for good. In other words, that was his, his basic point. But you don't call the Sunday Sabbath. Um, and. The, so the Sabbath was not changed. Luther would not say the Sabbath was changed, but L Luther also is trying to say, look, he's trying to feel out the difference between what he sees as blatantly wrong in the Roman Catholic church. And he's trying to differentiate the, and, and work out fully the theology of justification by faith. And he makes some progress in that, you know, I mean, um, so anyway, yeah, th this the well, idea he, he, that he the has, Lord's he has more day examples. Is, he has more examples that, it, that the Lord real quick that the Lord's Day is it, like it, I think we see it in Revelation one that that Sunday I think James White for, correct me if I'm wrong made that argument but he doesn't make it by the scripture he makes it by looking at early church father texts 
Um, so there's a slippery, I read an article, slippery slope I read a, there. I read an article by a... But it never uh, also, but scriptures never say Jesus is our Sabbath. That's not in there. It says, labor, let us labor to enter into his rest. That's what Hebrews 4 says. My boy is wicked. And it quotes the Psalms. Today, if you hear his if you hear his voice, harden not your heart like in the day of provocation in the wilderness, right? For 40 years I put up with them and I swore in my wrath. They, uh, they uh, that's my paraphrase. Surely they will, they will not, not enter, enter into my, my rest, rest, right? Right. And and so it's a call to repentance. Right. You know, any anyway. So but he has, here's the thing, and we're coming to the end of our time. I knew that this was going to take us the, the entire time, which is totally fine. Um, yeah, but, but he has other examples. All of these examples, in my opinion, are, oh man. Okay, let's just listen to a couple more of these. We have rest, perfect rest fulfilled in Jesus. And mm-hmm. we can think about the feet. Hang on just a sec. Wait, wait, I, wait, I want to go back. We have perfect rest in Jesus. Okay, I'm not going to disagree with that. We have perfect rest in Jesus. That's fine. But the question that I would have for him is, didn't Abraham, the model of salvation yeah, by faith, yeah, have perfect yeah. rest in Jesus? Exactly. Abraham longed to see my day and he saw it, right? So Abraham had perfect rest in Christ. What about Joseph? What about David? Moses? I mean, go to Romans 4. David. Romans 4, Paul mentions Abraham. He says, if Abraham was of his own works, he would have something to boast about. But guess what? Abraham yeah. didn't have anything to boast about. And then I think it's Romans 4. He goes right on to King David from the Psalms. Say, blesses a man to whom the Lord does not account sin. Right. Yeah. And it's all about justification <laughs> by faith. And it's it and Paul's we have to understand the Apostle Paul is making the claim as a Jewish elite trained, Torah trained scholar. He's saying the Torah teaches in its clear, plain meaning. And and one of the key texts, of course, is Genesis 15. That Abraham was had righteousness by faith. That is it. But but also we have to understand how everything unpacks from that. And the reason Paul had to emphasize that is because the sectarian Jewish groups at the time had tried to make it look like a clubhouse, like like true faith in God or true religion, the true way to live your life is to join a club that has clubhouse rules of who's in and who's out, right. and who's, a, who's an outstanding member and who needs to be excommunicated. And Which they had, still happens they had, today, right? In Christianity. Yeah, exactly. They had crystallized these and Paul is, he's preaching against them saying, you guys think you are upholding the Torah, but you're upholding your tradition, which has, which has, obfuscated you you're mis, you're misrepresenting the god of israel by deflecting people away from the written word of god and putting them towards your tradition where did paul get this oh guess what yeshua the same thing hand washing right right or oh i fast on this day i fast on this day and they've created a new religion that has kind of ties to the torah and paul is one of the early believers that is just like a lion when it comes to declaring the truth of the Torah of Moses. And, and you know, there's no other, if you're re- trying to read Paul as the, and, and it happens out there, they try to make Paul the creator of a new religion, right? They try to make Paul the arguer against keeping the law of God, right? I mean, all these ways of trying to tell the story of Paul, they're not gonna, they are not gonna nourish the deepest needs of Yeshua's flock. They're they're not those teachings that present Paul in those ways. Let's go back real quick. I want to listen. We only got a couple minutes left here, but I wanna I wanna listen to the end of this um this little rant that he goes on. It's in the same way. Jesus, he is such an awesome guy. Go read the book of John. Go read John 8 through 10. And we have Jesus standing up during these feasts proclaiming, uh, I am the living water in front of everybody, right? And then he says, I am the light of the world during. Wait, so I am the living water is what he's talking about during Sukkot. I am the light of the world. I think he gets this wrong. He says the light of the world was during Sukkot. I think that that was actually when he's talking about Hanukkah. Not the point. 
the so, light of the world is Hanukkah. So yeah, but, anyway. let me let me get this straight. Because Yeshua stands up, because Jesus, hey, let's see. I I have no problem with the with the name Jesus, by the way, for anybody who's watching this. Because Jesus stands up and says, "I'm the living water." Because he says, "I am the light of the world." That means all of a sudden that we shouldn't be keeping the festivals. You have to have a better argument than that. You have to have a better argument than that. Come on. That's what you got? That's your argument? Jesus stands up and says, I'm the living water. Oh, there you go. Sukkot's done away with. All the prophecy in Zechariah 14, all the prophecy in Isaiah 56, no, that is wrong because Jesus stood up and said, I'm the living water. How does that connect? How does that make any sense? Now, granted, I... I want to, I want to be fair here. There are going to be people who are going to say, okay, let's go to text. And they're going to go to Romans 14. They're going to go to, um, you know, Colossians two, they're going to go to Mark seven, right? And they're going to say, these are the reasons that we're getting rid of these, these Torah commandments. And the thing is, is okay, that's fine. Now we can talk about actual text. Now let's actually look at the Greek. Let's look at the history. Let's look at what's going on at the time. Let's look at, you know, how it's being used in the context. And once we do that, we can see, hey, guess what? It's not as cut and dry as people want it to be. But you're going to say that Sukkot is done away with because Jesus says, I'm the living water? Come on, man. You got to have something better than that. Because people who actually know, know the text are, no, this, this doesn't hold up. God says these things are forever, and you're telling me that that one thing is going to do away with it? I don't think so. All right, we're out of time. But... Um, we have more that we were going to talk about today. And, uh, actually there is a second part to this video, to, to, uh, this podcast, which I haven't even seen yet. Um, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Maybe we'll just let it go. I don't know. Look, I don't think that Stucky or these guys from cultish would ever watch this, which once again, I, I have to keep giving accolades to my friend, uh, Andrew Schumacher, who, although we disagree on this, uh, at least he has held in and it comes and chats in the chat room. He watches our videos. He seems to be interacting with good commentaries. Okay. He said in the chat room that he wants to talk to Rob and that he would love to sit down and talk to Rob about these things. So he's giving, you know, Schumacher is giving a concerted effort and, and I appreciate that. I don't think that Stucky or the guys from Cultish are ever going to watch this. And if they do, I don't think that they're ever going to want to interact with us. And if they do, great. But the point simply is this. Anytime you see anybody who's trying to mix all Torah observance into one label, which is the Hebrew roots, they haven't done their research. They don't know what they're talking about. And they are trying. what they're doing is they're trying to knock down Torah observance and put it into a cult label so that they can just brush under the rug all the people in the church who believe that we should be keeping the Torah. And guess what? It, you know, Stucky says it in her video. They call it a reformation. I'll say that. This is a reformation. You're, it's just like the reformation that, that took place in the 15, 1600s. You're not going to be able to quench it. There are so many people who are coming to the realization and the love of God's law that you're not going to be able to, to, to push it down. Yeah, you just can't. Work, you have to work harder. I mean, you know, there were places in the video that I saw where they, just one last note, where they're like, you know, it seems like a lot of these people are sincere. They love God. Seem like, you know what? They want to worship God in the spirit, in spirit and truth. They want to, um, they want to be obedient. Um, and 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 one guy says, if I remember right, says, you know, in the church uh, has really dismissive, been dismissive of the Old Testament, and um, and just said, don't even look here. I think one guy actually mentions Andy Stanley saying we need to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. Right. Yeah. And, and so he's saying church is partly responsible for now leaving these people to go and try to feed themselves and come up with these ideas. So they kind of the give church this or is idea it the of Bible? sincerity. Hmm. Is it the church or is it the Bible? Because <laughs> I think it's the Bible. The, the reason that people are, are turning towards this I think my the internet is, is uh, word of God. All right. right 
It's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. Uh, we're going to do it next week, Lord willing. We have a real fun Mystery Bible Theater 3000 on Friday coming up. Um, I think that you'll enjoy that one as well. We'll be back next week for a normal show again, Lord willing. And uh, yeah, thank you to everyone. If you want to get a hold of us, you can do so. Seheggatorresource.com, C-H-E-G-G at Torresource.com. Uh, Andrew Schumacher, if you want to get a hold of Rob, shoot me an email. I'll get it to him. Um, 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205 is our comment line. All right. We hope that this conversation has done at least one thing, and that is to glorify our great God and Savior. Why? Well, you know why. Because Messiah matters. <laughs>